Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Top five storylines of the weekend going in. I did this like thinking like, oh, it's Thursday. You guys are going to be gone, but you actually be here tomorrow because well, I'm thinking about the, taking tomorrow off anyway. It's, it's, the, <laughs> it's the bye week. So uh, Midway played 10 games straight through and now they have a bye. High school football team. We cover. So, yeah. So you'll, you guys are actually District be here tomorrow. champs. Yeah. District champions. We cover broadcast their yep. games. Yeah. So ever but, since you left. They win a district title. Eh, well, I mean, I'm happy I could help. <laughs> I clearly wasn't helping before. Uh, number five, which coaches wake up to hot seats? I, um, I know, and yeah. I and I did not pick these two graphics, but there were two I, I was going to bring up. Uh, it is very interesting on Dave Aranda. I did a podcast today with a guy named Chase Thomas, a really good uh, podcaster out of uh, out of Knoxville. And he was asking me about Dave Aranda, and he asked the question, like, okay, what is the future hold if everything goes south, continues to go south? I said, you know, it's a really interesting question. I think the the thing that, that Mac Rhodes and, and Baylor are faced with is with Dave Aranda. You have a guy that you be, that you know, and I don't want to say believe, like I think we all believe it, is one of the smartest football minds you can possibly have. You have this guy with this unbelievable skill who is so intelligent and is so – uh, can maybe even be groundbreaking if he hits it right because he he has a mind that works like very few people's in the world does. And if Dave Aranda was an engineer or a poet or whatever, people would be saying, like, this guy's mind is different than all the other engineers and poets or whatever it was because that's he's unique. Do you have to forge through the storm believing that this guy can eventually figure it out or send him off and then worry that five to seven years from now, he'll figure it out and he's hoisting a national championship trophy somewhere else? Or do you have to look at the now and go, well, I, I don't know I, I don't know if we can wait that long? Yeah, I mean, that's why Mac Rose gets paid millions of dollars yeah. to make that decision. Uh, and if I got paid millions of dollars, I'd be happy to make it. But I don't, so I don't know uh, what you do in that situation. Um, I know one thing that it is entirely possible, but – I mean, what do we, you got to give yourself something like we wait in 10 years. I mean, how long are we giving him? You know, like, is it, it, there's got to be a cutoff at some point because sure, five years from now, he could win 12 games again. But if five years are four wins and three wins and, oh, they made a bowl game and then that's back to five, oh, it's seven and we're going like, you know what I mean? So I don't know. And I, and there isn't grass always greener on the other side. There is no magic. Hey, we'll go higher. Name XYZ, a guy, yeah. G.J. Kinney, Jeff Trailer, the same old names. All due respect to those guys. Just had Jeff Trailer on this week. But, I mean, is, is that anything that's going to guarantee that that's going to get them back to where they want to be? No. So, yeah, it's, a, it's quite the predicament. I think that Mac Rhodes absolutely does believe in Dave Aranda. I do as well to a certain extent. But, like, just the product that we've seen this year, guys, like, you just can't 
I mean, we got to be realistic about it, right? And and you can say, well, we're close and we're close and we're close. It's like, but the same thing happens every single week. And it's to the point now where we've talked this so to death from every angle that all that matters is the results. You know, all the other stuff, the way he operates the program and everything is great. But, you know, to get fans in the stadium and to have hope and positivity around your program that leads to recruiting and like you've got to have some juice and there's just no juice right now no it's a malaise i've used that term ask ricky thompson that here's from a guy that's a, a lifelong baylor fan he's in uh, not he's younger than i am you know we bleed baylor though uh, through and through but after these years of watching these teams this is the most non-competitive team i can remember in recency bias but they look even worse than the uh, some of the Guy Morris teams who was trying to do it right because he had some you know NFL type uh, uh, I guess background and, and really mm-hmm. did have some pretty decent stuff start to happen and then Bryles took over. Uh, it's a malaise. It's like I mentioned, there are two teams playing this Saturday, Houston and Baylor. Um, at least Houston has had some moments where you're like, damn, you know, even though they're not very good. And if they come walking into Waco and they're not very good and they thump you, beat you straight up, uh, you know. Yeah. It, it, it's uh, it's kind of this. Vegas does not have Aranda. I think there's a couple of lists that have him up there with Jimbo, but he's not on the two that no. I just looked at in no. Vegas as Look, far as the hot seat. And, and Houston is kind of who's the skinniest kid at fat camp on day one kind of award. Like, well, I mean, they, they played Texas close and they hail married. West Virginia. Yeah, yeah. That's, their, I mean, that's like, their highlights. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, Baylor's highlight is UCF and – that's it. That's right. pretty much and, it. And beating Cincinnati, who's worse than both. That's the thing but, is, I don't know we got to go. Here, but go, here, go ahead. We're eight games in, and, like, there's been little to nothing exciting. No. Like, yeah. the entire time. It's just you go there, and you sit there, and you're just bored to death, and it's not fun to watch, and there's nothing. Or cover. Or cover. And you're just, like, you're just there because you have to be, not because you want to be. And I think that's a big part of the problem as well is, folks, like, give them a reason to care um, and they will, and they've tried to show that at home, but then you go and you lose every home game <laughs> except for the FCS school. So who's going to the NFL draft this year? Not knowing that I know Like of. nobody, right? Yeah. I mean, maybe a couple guys are like late-round picks, but, I mean, you should look wherever you want to look, and there's just not anything that you can really hold on to and be like, this is where it's headed. You can't, and then that's the big problem yeah. that they have Here's right now. Here's a question yeah. I have for Mac Rose. And, and, and this w- if you wait another year, could that actually cost you three? That, well, that's, Number that's two, the decision. Yeah. have you given him everything he needs to succeed in today's college football? And if you do, do you trust that staff to use it correctly? Yeah. That, well, and those are, those are huge, huge, huge questions. Uh, and because, look, and, and putting Jimbo on this graphic, Emory did a great job of it, uh, Texas A&M can say they've given Jimbo everything. Like they can, they yeah, can they honestly can. say they have have wide open road, all these things to do whatever you want, and that's why they're going to have to make that decision because they've given him everything to succeed, and they're not anywhere closer than they were when he got there on day one. Other than maybe having, uh, you know, better recruiting classes, but Kevin Sumlin was regularly in the top ten to twelve, and so. Jimbo's moved him to the top five to seven most every year. So, yeah, that's been better, but still the record's the same. So, you know, Baylor has to look at that same thing and that are, do, are we doing everything we can? If we are, what are they doing? And I don't know if they've done. I know that Mac has disagreed about whether they got a late launch on NIL. I think they got a late launch in announcing that they had NIL, et cetera, unlike some schools that have, like, blasted it out over social media. Um, but I, the question is, if you wait another year, do you lose three? 
Yeah. And, and, and you don't have time to lose three because with Oklahoma and Texas walking out the door, uh, this is when you could take advantage of it. And do you believe that they're going to do that? Well, and the other I – mean, we've got to go. But, I mean, the other part of it is what are you expecting NIL to do exactly? Like bring in an all-star crew? You do realize everybody else has NIL, right? And yeah. a lot of them have more than you. So, like this whole idea, well, if NIL was better, we could – yeah, but you're still going to be competing with all the other teams to get those guys. So, I mean, yes, that could be better. You could have a couple better players, maybe a little bit better on average, but that doesn't cure what the, the overall issues are either. So, yeah. yeah. Number four, where does the Michigan conversation go? Um, I'm curious to see how it goes through the weekend in that, look, I I think that the Big Ten coaches are justified in wanting a swift resolution to this. However... I'm not sure that that exists. So while I think that something should be done in this case to figure it out, this should be a flashpoint for people to go, okay, this is why we need to do these things faster, and here's how we will do it. Because if you have somebody essentially getting caught cheating in real time and not well after the fact, you should be able to punish them for violating the rules. But that's not the case when it comes to college football or college athletics in general. But this is a very interesting case where you do have some evidence that could, if you do it right, lead you in a very quick direction to at least that you broke a rule. Now, how much that rule affected the wins is up for debate currently, but if you know that Connor Stallions was at these games and he's not allowed to be there, then the, you know that they broke that rule. So adjudicate that and see what happens. But I, 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 I think it's going to continue to morph as this thing goes on. Yeah, I'm almost tired of talking about it. It's I, like I just don't know. Yeah, I mean, I have I no idea yeah. where, where it goes. I mean, it's, it's an interesting story, but, like, as far as – you know, what happens next and, and all of that. Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, it doesn't appear like they're not going to get kicked out. You know, they're not going to get their season, you know, ended abruptly. So where does the conversation go as you ask the question there? Yeah, I have, I have no idea, but I'm I'm interested to know. And I am kind of like getting a little tired of it just from the standpoint of I, I just want something more of substance. You know what I mean? Of like, I do want to know where it's going. But as far as the like, well, what did he know? And what did they know? And all the speculation part of it, I'm kind of over that at this stage. But I get the uh, the interest level, and, and I will have some renewed interest when I, you know, hear, you know, that was him on Central Michigan sideline. And, that, you know, and that, this was what was happening and all of that. But it, it does seem like there's a lot of layers to peel back, and there's a lot of plausible deniability and all those things. So, yeah, who, who the heck knows? Number three, who stares bowl elimination in the face? Both now, of them do. Both of them do. I was thinking more about TCU and Texas Tech. Uh, I was thinking more about uh, Clemson this week. Clemson loses to Notre Dame. You know, they, um, they'll have the fifth loss, which they're, they're not emotionally ready to deal with it in, in South Carolina, clearly. But uh, there are a lot of teams who you lose this week, and not just ones like Baylor and Houston who – I mean, realistically, or have been out of the bowl conversation for a couple weeks, you know, not mathematically, but, you know, projecting it out. But there are some teams that are pretty perennial bowl teams as well that uh, that are really kind of going to be white-knuckling them last few weeks if they lose this week. Yeah, the only one I could think of off the top of my head of, of interest, like just nationally or whatever, would be Colorado. 
Um, they've got Oregon State coming up. They're four wins right now. And so what started off like, oh, yeah, they'll make a bowl game, is now suddenly with their Pac-12 schedule uh, grounded back to earth a little bit. And obviously Shador's getting real beat up. You wonder – you know, how many wins are still out there for them? And, and Oregon State's not likely. Now it's in Boulder. Who the heck knows? Uh, but you got Arizona. You got Utah remaining. You got Washington State uh, in between Arizona and Utah. And Washington State's kind of struggling, but that's in Pullman. So they don't have a guaranteed schedule remaining on this roster. Um, now, them falling short wouldn't be a, you know, if you took away the early wins, it wouldn't be a shock to say that before the season started if they don't make a bowl game. But given the way they started hot, um, that obviously changed the the perception and the expectations a little bit, but now it's starting to revert back to to kind of the beginning here. So yeah, they they need to go two and two um, to make a bowl game. So they're they're right there on that edge. Number two, can LSU beat Saban two years in a row? Garrett will walk the streets of Robinson at night thinking about this for the next few days. Will yes. you really? Oh, I will. Yeah. Will you do it if they win? Ooh, I might. Do, yeah. yeah. Will you just like you did? In, in uh, Phoenix, when you and Paul just wandered down the street uh, randomly. We didn't yes. wander. We got an Uber. <laughs> and that guy waited outside yeah, for us. You, you weren't allowed to drive at that time, but I'm glad you did he, that. All right. He good. was super cool about it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And he goes, yeah, you go to that house. Yeah. Uh, it was the house. Right. It was a, it was a, it was a I, business I, I, regulated I think, by the state of Arizona. To me, this game might it, – it just it, if Alabama wins this game, it's just another – what Saban's done to take a team that looked so fragile. And yet again, Brian Kelly and LSU have got them last year. Yep. Yep. I mean, he's yeah. the greatest college football coach of all time, so it wouldn't be a shocker if he's able to, to you know, get a win here. But LSU winning two in a row, that'd be a big deal for that program. That really would. That'd be massive for Brian Kelly. Um, you know, hot year last year. Kind of started off a little bit different here, but it seems like there's – you know, a little gasoline being poured here and there. Now they win this weekend. Fire's fire's blazing again. So, yeah, this is a huge game. But, I mean, saving, saving, man. So, easier said than done for sure. And number one, who survives the Big 12 this weekend? I mean, this is who's this is the best weekend, I think, that they have left on the schedule overall. Maybe not. But, like, this is the toughest one, uh, the craziest one it could get. Uh, and, you know, Things could get all kind of slanted and crazy, and there's going to be a three-way tie more than, you know, like Craig said at, at the end of all this. But uh, even still, uh, I think this is the uh, this is the key key weekend for the Big 12 as it moves forward. Uh, maybe two, if uh, not not a three-way, maybe a two-way. If, uh, if Iowa State loses. Iowa State loses to Kansas, then you'd have the winner of the other two games, K-State, Texas, and Bedlam. Those two would be tied for – first place with one loss apiece but yeah if Iowa State wins it'd be a three-way tie with whoever wins those two games and and so on but uh yeah it's a pretty salty weekend I think it's top to bottom the best conference schedule in America and the most interesting schedule and the most important schedule in, in so many ways as far as the conference race goes and I'm kind of trying to look ahead and see if there's anything that pops out but I mean the results this weekend matter so greatly that you know, it remains to be seen on if there will be another one like this. But this one, just having your, your top four of the five, or top four arguably, all playing each other. Um, you know, you asked the question earlier, and I wasn't trying to be flipping, but it really, it we got to see who wins these games to kind of know what the trajectory is. Because I don't think, even if you lose this weekend, if you're Texas, if you're K-State, if you're Oklahoma, I guess the answer would maybe be Iowa State. If they lose, then they're 
they're in a, a bit of a, a more of a pickle, I would think, just based on their talent level. But I mean, I think you could still lose this weekend and still be alive with three weeks to play uh, because it just it depends on you know kind of the rest of the landscape and the schedules remaining. But yeah, this is a this is a great question and. It's up for like five different teams right now, and all the rest of them could have a say in it as well by you know pulling upsets or, or doing whatever. So yeah, it's it's a fun league.